What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 11 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I'm joined today by my co-host, Zach Rolf as we give a deep dive into the preview of week six of college wrestling. Uh, how's things going down there in the Corning area? Not bad. Got called into work a little bit this morning, so recording from work. Hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble, but, you know, I got permission, so. Do you, uh, you guys starting your season? Yeah, we had our first practice yesterday. Yeah, because you had some snow days. Um, how was that? Oh, man. Um, it actually went better than I thought it would. I thought that the masks would be a bigger issue. I thought they would be falling off a lot more than they were. I think I only had one kid really had um, any real concerns with it, and that's because he has braces, and it kept getting caught in his braces. <laughs> um, I guess that's his fault for not wearing his mouth guard. <laughs> True. Um Overall, I thought the kids did well. I, they did. I mean, some of my my more advanced guys mentioned how it's a lot harder to breathe in them and stuff. But I don't know how much of that's true or how much they're just not in shape. Yeah, I guess that could be the uh, in shape factor as well. But I mean, I know I think there was an article out in Pennsylvania how kid had some breathing problem because you know he was just breathing in. He wasn't breathing in air like oxygen and stuff and. Uh, he had some medical problem that came along with it. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I feel like that had definitely had some kind of underlying. I, I'm start, sure it did. You know what I mean? Because like we would have heard more about that if right. if it was a overall concern. Um, so we'll uh, we'll talk about the Division Three College Wrestling Championships that have been canceled for the second straight year. Uh, I think there was just a post out yesterday about it. Um, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, most of the teams in New York that are part of the the Suniac Conference, or Suniac you Conference. The, uh... yeah, they are all. Uh, they have their, they've had their sports seasons canceled since pretty much the beginning of the winter season. So, yeah, Suniac canceled early, like really yeah. early. Yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of unfortunate for the other schools. I know other D three schools, I guess, out of state have been practicing. I know Alfred State has been on the mats as well. Yeah, I know uh, my Brockport kids have been home pretty much all semester, and they've been practicing up with us at the at our barn. Yeah. So, uh, onto that, I guess was, uh, on Twitter, of course, you know, once the New York state tournament got canceled, Frank Papalizio put together a state tournament in Pennsylvania. So, you know, non-official state New York state tournament. Well, people are rallying to get a division three, uh, national tournament kind of started. And I guess the wheels are rolling pretty good. Yeah. Um, I heard a lot. I haven't, I haven't seen anything official or any like legitimate, like, sponsors or anything like that say yeah hey we're gonna do this but i've seen a lot of people like hey if you do this i will help if you do this i'll do that you know what i mean yeah i i want to see somebody come out and be like hey we're doing this help us out but and all i've really seen was you do this i do this so like i haven't seen a ton of traction saying we're gonna do it i agree i mean the uh the venue and all that stuff is kind of a whole different uh game and uh i mean i don't know they're like oh yeah we'll fill the stands with fans no that's not going to happen because the venue is not going to allow that but um, right. well, I, I did see um somebody mentioned the the new arena outside iowa city coralville you're right um where the hawkeye wrestling club did their their one-off card and that's where the uh the freestyle tournament was yeah yeah the usa national back, back in december yeah, I mean that that would be a good option. I think the the only thing about I mean a lot of the times D threes are in are in Iowa anyways. But if you're gonna ask a, a community of D three athletes to compete, I mean ninety percent of the Division three schools are in the East Coast. Yeah, and I mean Iowa's not exactly out west, but it's definitely central, and it it'll be probably a little harder to get the numbers if you do it out there. I think if you did it somewhere out. Out here on the East Coast, you probably have a better chance and better luck of getting the best guys there. Yeah, a few years ago, it was in Cleveland, Ohio. That was a pretty good location, I feel. Yeah, that would be – I think Ohio would be a good spot. Um, PA, Ohio. I mean, PA is somewhat shut-ish down. I mean, obviously, we're running the New York State tournament there. But um, maybe the Carolinas, they have some open stuff. But – yeah. Overall, I think probably Ohio might be the best bet. I uh, I think if, like, obviously it's a bummer for the schools that just found out that, you know, they have been practicing and competing or whatever, but, you know, guys like Brockport and a few other of those guys that 
you know, instead of missing their second straight crack at a national tournament, maybe some of them, I this like you said, they've been training. A few of them have been training. So if that's an opportunity for them to take, that's, I know I'll roll with that. And that's a good one. Yeah. And I saw, I saw somebody put it in a, a pretty good perspective. They, they said, you know, D3 has been canceled two years in a row. That's literally 50% of a kid's career. Yeah. I just, I feel bad for all them, for all the uh, athletes that are going through this. And one of my, one of my alumni in the club, um, he had a really good post on Facebook kind of so summarizing it because the NCAA is trying to say, you know, well, we gave it a free year. So it doesn't count against your eligibility. And he's like, well, this is division three wrestling. There's no such thing as a free year. We have to pay money to go to school every year. Mm-hmm. Like we're not getting scholarships and free rides to school to compete here. We do this because we love it. And you know, it's not free for us. Yeah. No, n- nobody's going to school for like, I mean, not all college wrestlers are going to be a doctor, you know? Right. They're not going to school for all these years. Yeah. Shout out Nick Barrett. That's who, uh, he's the heavyweight at Alfred state. Awesome. He, he's the one who was mentioning that. Yeah. So, uh, just, to finish up the D- division three talk. I talked to coach Clark, uh, at Elmira college and he said online or, uh, on campus visits are opening back up. I think he said the 10th, but I guess I'm not positive. Um, that's great. I live yeah. in Elmira though. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't bring anything here. Right. I agree <laughs> with that. Um, if you want to uh, reach out to coach Clark, his number and and email is on, uh, Elmira's wrestling's Instagram bio. So if anybody's interested or know somebody's interested, uh, hit him up or let's take a look at Buffalo wrestling. Um, the bulls, they host Edinburgh at 12 and, uh, they host central Michigan at, uh, four Eastern time on Sunday. So they got two duels. Yeah, so, I mean, they were last week or last episode, I guess, I said that they were going to be wrestling Central Michigan. But uh, now they've got Edinburgh on their, their schedule as well. So Edinburgh has a, a handful of New York starters. Ryan yeah, Burgos. Yeah, Burgos, Papas, Antswitz. 5-0 Burgos should face Derek Spann. Yeah, Burgos had a pretty good opening week. Um, he actually pinned fellow New York State champion uh, Brady Worthing. Um, I guess they did like a – not really a dual meet with Clarion, but they did um, a bunch of different, I guess, round robin matches maybe, because they each had like three or three matches or something like that against Clarion athletes, and Ryan ended up wrestling Brady Worthing there and uh, ended up pinning him. And then another little nugget from that is I just saw John Worthing competing up at one seventy four. <laughs> wow, that's a big jump. I mean, yeah, he was, uh, pretty sure he wrestled. He might have wrestled fifty seven last year. Um, as a red shirt, but 174 is a huge weight gain. I've got to imagine, uh, you know, Brady will probably bump up in the next year or two when he wrestled Bear in the state finals last year. It's just, it seemed like he kind of had a frame that maybe just because he was a little taller, that uh, he will make a jump as well. I mean, since John did, yeah, I can see that, yeah, for sure. So, also in the Buffalo lineup, Tristan Dartry. Uh, he is 4-0. He'll face Drew Hildebrandt of Central Michigan University. He's ranked sixth in the country, so undefeated. Um, Daughtry will uh, have his hands full with Hildebrandt, but that's a good, good test for him. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I just say that's a, that's a really good um, – I don't want to say late season, right, but it's, I mean, kind of late season at this point. we got three weeks of conferences for most schools, but um, it's good to go into it and get a, get a good, high-quality competition match before we go into conferences. Yeah, that's a, a guy that he'll see in the conferences too. So right. that's a it'll be good match for him. Up at 141, Derek Spann will have Dresden Simon, who is ranked 12th in the country. Again, he will um, – that's a good match for him to have. Had three matches last week. You know, Derek Spann, I think, is ranked 18th in the country right now. So that'll be a big match for him. Moving over to Binghamton, the Bearcats travel to Bucknell for a duel Sunday at 2 p.m. Bucknell is sitting at 0-3 on the season with a recent loss to Army. Uh, this should be a good rebound for Binghamton as they uh, just lost last week to Lehigh, but, you know, they've had a pretty good year so far. A notable yeah. thing – go ahead. So I, I see you have you have uh, 157 down there, or, yeah, 157 with uh, Brevin Costello facing, facing off with number seven, Zach Hartman. Uh, 65. Which, or 65, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
which should be a really good match. And I'm really excited to see Brevin actually compete against one of the top top 10 guys in the country after having such a really good start to his freshman campaign. Um, a couple, another match that I think should be slept on is at 141, uh, Curtis Phipps of Bucknell is a true freshman uh, going up against Trampy. Uh, I know Trampy's been, he's really tough. He's coming off of a weird, weird loss um, at Army that I think we, we've already discussed, but Curtis Phipps is good, and I don't think, don't count him out of that match. Right, and I think Bucknell's 33-pounder, Miller, he was ranked until he lost to uh, Army's Montgomery uh, last week, but uh, Sabaker beat Montgomery, so, I mean, it should be a good match with Sabaker and Miller, I would assume, but uh, he, like I said, he was ranked last week. I don't think he's ranked anymore with that loss, but, yeah, there's uh, several good matches that should come out of that duel. We'll uh, head down to West Point. Army travels to Lehigh for a match against the Mountain Hawks Saturday, 2 p.m. There's a lot of swing matches, I feel, in this match. You know, a few matches that could go either way. We've kind of seen two different rosters for Lehigh. You know, they've had some young guys in the lineup. They've had – they've been bouncing around uh, wrestlers. So, I don't know what their, their uh, roster is going to look like. But two big matches out of that duel that I see. 197, Brown for Army will face Jacobson. Um, and 285, Sullivan from Army will face Wood. Last year, Brown beat Jacobson, but uh, you know it was a close duel or a close match. Also, last year Wood beat Sullivan four to zero. Again, if if you know Army can get the win at 197 and keep Wood to a decision at 285, I think that's a, a, a good win for them. Again, yeah. they're going to have to rely on a lot of those swing matches. Yeah, I see. If this duel is close and it comes down to heavyweight and Wood needs bonus, I I think Wood might go get it. He, he'll probably get it after, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't I think they would want this match to come down at heavyweight because um, I, Sullivan's good for sure, but I think Wood coming out of Olympic redshirt for this season, um, specifically to help his team and give his team a little jolt of energy, which clearly it worked against Binghamton, right? Yeah. Or yeah, against Binghamton. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think you'll see him come out and score some points. Yeah, so uh, that, that'll be a good match. I mean, obviously, Army lost to Binghamton and Lehigh beat Binghamton, but I don't, I'm don't. i not counting Army out of this duel. Well, hold up, breaking news. Flow Wrestling just acquired track wrestling. That was in the talks, and uh, I kind of knew that. I, I guess I didn't know that was coming, but I guess it was a hot mic on Flow Wrestling's radio live that uh, Ben Askren said something. I think that it was yeah. like – he mentioned it, and it was clearly not something he was supposed to talk about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's confirmed. They just announced it. Breaking like they they 100% purchased Track Wrestling. Wow, that's huge. I mean, I wonder if the matches that are on Track right now will be able to you'll be able to watch with your Flow account. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking if any of those that. archive matches, you know. Case. I mean, I I only I, like I said by Track, um, event by event. There's a lot of matches on there that I'd like to watch. Yeah, I, I believe, I believe you're gonna be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm skimming through it, trying to see if, if it's gonna say anything. I'll uh, I'll introduce Hofstra while you're looking at that, because I mean I'm pretty interested to uh, share the news on that. Go ahead. Um, so Hofstra, the Pride will host two duels on Saturday. They'll host Bloomsburg at 2 p.m. and Drexel at 6 p.m. At 157, Holden Heller, who has now been nationally ranked, but he will have ranked uh, Parker Cropman, New York native. Cropman has some nice wins last year. I think he beat Jared Prince of Navy the year before he beat Klodzik last year. Yeah. Parker Cropman, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was a national qualifier two years ago for, for Binghamton, or three years ago now, right? For Binghamton. Three years, I think, yeah. There. yeah. Um, he, had, he had a couple of really good, good matches and wins that season. And then he transferred over to Drexel. And he had, he had an up and down season, I believe, more last year. Uh, I think it ended short. He got cut short for some reason, probably injury or something like that. I think he was injured, yeah. Yeah, so it, it'll be nice to see him get back on track here with uh, with Holden Heller. So at uh, Ross McFarland, he will have Michael Malley. Michael Malley's ranked 10th in the country, so that's going to be a, a big test for McFarland. Yeah, I'm not quite sure he's ready for something like that just yet, or at I don't least he's shown that he's ready for something like that. Um, clearly, he's a gamer and he's always been really good and really tough, but um, we haven't seen any evidence pointing towards competing with a top ten guy in the country just yet. 
Right. I don't, I don't think he's had any really top 20 ranked guys um, that he's wrestled yet. So I think this is just a match where we're going to see McFarland against that pretty good wrestler. So that's yeah, just so, another uh, update. They will have all the archive matches and stuff posted up on, it'll be uh, available through your flow wrestling subscription, as well as any future events that are on track will be moved to flow and they will, they're actually going to take over. So track wrestling services, you know, um, I know, I don't know if they're going to do the, the high school, the way, you know, New York state. And I think Pennsylvania does the same thing with track where you have to put all your results into track wrestling to kind of track all of your um, right. wins throughout the season. I don't know if they're going to do that exactly, but they are taking over scoring systems for various high, like all the high school tournaments that track has the NCAA, all three divisions of NCAAs is all going to be directly on track or directly on flow now. Wow. That's big news. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Hofstra will have a duel on uh, against Sacred Heart. Their duel that was postponed last week will now be next Tuesday, the 9th at 7 PM down at LIU. They will host Drexel at noon. So again, I think last week we mentioned that Drexel will face LIU at noon and then Hofstra at two. Well, now Hofstra added the Bloomsburg duel. So their, their match had been pushed back. Yeah, so Drexel will travel to Long Island and have two duels, one against Hofstra and one against LIU. So that's going to be that's going to be a weird a weird situation then. I mean, EIWA does this a lot because of how close all their schools are, but if they're going to wrestle if Hofstra is wrestling at 2 and Drexel's wrestling at noon. No, no, remember last week that's what we kind of discussed. Now um, Hofstra is wrestling Bloomsburg at two. Right, right, right. So so my, my question comes in is like the weigh-in situation. Like is Hofstra going to get the weigh-in at noon? Right. I have no idea about, on that part. Because I believe they changed the rules to be – well, I mean, I think Drexel will be probably weighing in at 11. So is Hofstra going to weigh in at 11 for the duel with Bloomsburg at two because they wrestle Drexel at six? I mean, that's an interesting – interesting concept and it might make a difference for a few a few of the athletes yeah i have no uh news on that or uh i don't really i can't really tell you how that works yeah i'm gonna see if i can reach out to somebody i'm interested in hearing how that kind of works in the aiwa that's kind of the talk for the new york college teams now talking about a few of the big upcoming college duels that are uh, in the acc nc state versus virginia tech we've got a uh, several good matches out of that uh, Jay Camachos versus Sam Latona, Thomas Bowler versus Makai Lewis, Trent Headley versus Hunter Bolin. This is gonna be a fun duel. I mean, this, I mean, this is essentially your ACC championship duel. Yeah, um, there's a lot more matches that I could have put on there, but those were three that I just kind of felt like I really wanted to, you know, just talk about. Yeah, I think um, Camacho Latona. I, I have a, I probably have an unpopular opinion here. I think Camacho is gonna dominate this match. I know the history doesn't say that. Right, I think I think uh, Latona is two and zero against Camacho, mm-hmm. um, on their career. No, they're one. Sorry, it's one, they are one and zero. Um, Latona free, does have he has one a freestyle one, and then he has a folk style one. Yes, that's right. So it, I, I knew there was two somewhere. I just I, folk style has one, but I think since last season, I believe. So I was I heard a I heard a interview, and somebody had mentioned that. Camacho, I guess, after the loss to Latona last year, um, I guess Coach Pop gave him a week off and told him, hey, go see a a sports psych. And since he saw that sports psych, he's been a completely different athlete, which kind of shows because he came back at ACCs, won ACCs by beating Jack Mueller. And then, you know, throughout uh, quarantine and stuff at RTC Cup, he had a really good showing. And so far this season, he's been relatively dominant. So... Um, I'm taking Camacho and I, I, I'm picking in five, six, seven, maybe even a major. Well, I am not, I mean, I'm also picking Camacho and I, I kind of said this last week and the week before, you know, we've been talking about 125 and how crazy it is, but you know, he, he's been my guy. I'm kind of high on Camacho right now. It's, I think it's funny that he's ranked second in the country on flow and, you know, I don't even know where, uh, Latona is ranked 10th and I think Flow Radio Live yesterday, the day before, they were like, yep, every, I think all three of them took Latona. 
Uh, it, I think that, it was one and two. One and two. I, I know they were uh, they were high on Latona, and they're like, yeah, I, I can't see on see that loss from last year. Yeah, no, I, they had one of one of them said that. I'm not sure which one, but I, I just think that you know Camacho is uh, is going to beat him. I don't know, you know, if it's going to be a major or not, but I. Uh, I mean, if I, I'm gonna if I'm gonna say it's war, I'll pick. I'm gonna pick a six point decision, but I, I'm not surprised if that's a major. Yeah, so that's especially. Especially when you look at NC State and dual meets. I mean, look how often they over, over show. Um, gee, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. They do better in dual meets than they do in tournaments. I mean, right. they, they, they get the rally going. I mean, you got when you got Trent Highly breaking chairs. Oh, no, yeah, uh, no doubt. You're going to compete better. <laughs> so I think, I just think they're going to come out and they're really going to, they're going to show VA Tech who is the, the best in the ACC. Moving up to 165, Thomas Bullard versus Makai Lewis. Um, you know, p- people are probably r- write off Bullard on this one because Makai Lewis is a national champ. But and they 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 both just had close matches against Monday of UNC. Yeah, um, I don't see how Bullard scores. I don't. Than- I mean, his biggest thing is the top game. I I don't think right. he turns Makai, but I, I mean, if he keeps it close, but, but again, it's. I don't know why I put this as a match necessarily to watch, um, but you know I, I just like Thomas Bullard's style. I mean, if I give you if I give you two and a half points, are you taking Bullard? Yeah, I'll take. Yeah, I'll take Bullard. Why not? Two and a half points. Two and a half points. So I think I think I'm gonna I think this is gonna be another one. I mean, Makai is gonna have to kind of you know get his team going as the leader of his program. I think I think I don't think he majors Bullard. Obviously, that's that's excessive. I think he'll get a three, four point, three, three or four point decision here. Fair enough. I mean, we, we have seen uh, Makai Lewis put up a lot of majors in Tech Falls this year already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did have a 4 3 win against Kennedy Monday, January 30th. So I'll, I'll still probably, yeah, it is what it is. I'll that was go the first, I saw that was the first takedown Makai Lewis gave up since um, his freshman year. Freshman year, it was it was like early in his freshman year, right? Yeah, but Kylo is pretty dominant as far as that goes. He's even wrestled guys like Vincenzo Joseph. Couldn't take him down. Yeah, exactly. Had so his we'll leg move, in the air for about a minute and a half and couldn't finish. We'll move up to Trent Hidley versus Hunter Bolin. Uh, this match I'm excited for. Hunter Bolin won both of the matches last year. I can't remember the score off the top of my head, but this all signs lead to this being the ACC title match and probably. It could be an NCAA final or semifinal matchup as well. The matches were 2-1 and 3-1. So, I mean, they're pretty close. I think we've seen – I can't say we've seen Hidley make a jump since last year because he's been pretty damn good last year as well. But wait, wait, hold on. You can't say that? No, he's made jumps. I mean, look at the uh, RTC Cup. I just feel like he was just as good last year. I mean, he's just as good both years – I don't know. He wasn't beating Miles Amin good last year. I mean, Miles Amin qualified for the Olympics. He was fifth in the world. I just, I don't, I don't see him being able to, I don't see him last year beating Miles Amin. I mean, you lose to Hunter Bullen twice last year. I mean, Hunter, I don't look at Hunter Bullen and say, hey, yeah, you can. Uh, You're you right can on that. Miles Amin. You're right on that. I mean, he did lose to Hunter Bullen twice last year. I I mean, he lost to, uh, he lost to Louis Dupre, or yeah, Trent Highly lost to Louis Dupre last year. That's true. I, I don't see Louis Dupre beating Miles Amin. I just, I, I think I think he's made huge jumps, and I don't. I think this is. I think this is Trent Hiley's match. I think he's going to come out and another one of those. I mean, again, NC State overperforms in in dual meets, and Trent Hiley. I'm not. I, he's going to win. I think he's going to win this match. I think he'll. I think he'll win the match. Yeah, I'll, I have Hidley winning um, five to three. Yeah, I mean that sounds about right. I mean, I'm not going to pick it to be a blowout or anything like that, but I think Trent's going to control the hand fight, and he's going to get to his leg attacks, and I, I don't think Bowen's going to be able to stop him from finishing. We'll move to the Big Ten, Iowa versus Ohio State. That's on Sunday. 125, so your big guy, Millie Kinzelman versus Spencer Lee. I want to say it's going to be a major, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> Spencer Lee is going to dominate the match. Yeah, yeah, it's, unfortunately, I think he is too. He's going to open this match up with a, you know, a tech follow or a pin. I'm going to pray for a major. and Pray for a major. And I'm going to pick a tech just to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, 149, Max Mirren versus Sammy Sasso. Uh, Max Mirren beat Sammy Sasso in 2018. It was a freestyle match. 
that Niren actually ended up beating Sasso in. But I think these are different guys now. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't foresee Sammy losing this match, but he also every once in a while will choose to have really close matches with people he shouldn't be having close matches with. Um, not to say he's that much better than Max Mirren, but he can only he can drop a match here or there. Yeah, I I'm picking uh Sammy Sasso. Even though I'm an Iowa guy, I'm taking Sammy Sasso on this. He's yeah, he's pretty I'm dangerous. Him, he's gonna be hard to score on. Um I'm hoping he slaps on that cradle and, and gets the I two. I don't personally hope so, but <laughs> I mean, this is the battle of your team and my team. So. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a ton of uh, confidence going into this one. <laughs> so, bumping up to 174, we've got Chem Dog um, versus Caleb Romero. Yeah, Romero's looked really good this season so far. Um, yes. I just don't. I don't think he's ready for Chem Dog. I, I don't think either. going to control this match. Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna pick a major. I think I think Romero's earned enough respect to avoid giving or like people picking a major against him. But um, it'll definitely be a, a controlled, dominant decision. Yeah, I think last year uh, Michael Kemmer beat him six to one uh, in their duel back in January, I believe. So yeah, I can see something like that again. I mean, we didn't see. I mean, I'll, I'm gonna pick Kemmer to win. It's not gonna be a major as well. Uh, moving up to 184, Nelson Brands versus Rocky Jordan. For some reason, I just I like this match. Like, no, this is a good match, at, especially if you look at if you look at results recently. Um, this is a good match. They both lost really close matches to Zach Bronicle um, within the last couple of couple of weeks. Um, this is a toss up match. You can't. I mean, anybody can win this one. I like the match personally. Just like looking at their last names, Brands. You know, and Jordan. We've seen yeah, a no, ton no. of Jordan. You know, obviously he's his dad, his uncle, his cousins, his brothers, and then you look at Brands, and I just it's it's going to be a fun match. Uh, Rocky Jordan, he is, I believe, two and three on the year. He did lose it. He's three and two. Oh uh, wait, just kidding. I lied to you. Right. So might, I mean, he might be two and three. Yeah, he lost to uh, Rutgers, yeah, he's two and, three. and he lost to Michigan State. Yeah, so um, he's definitely had a rough start to his season. Um, one would probably say he's not the favorite in this match, most likely. I'm not going to say that, but most people probably would. Well, you're a Ohio State guy. I'm, I'm definitely picking Nelson Brands to win this match. Yeah, I'm going, I, I'm going Rocky. I, I, think, I think Rocky can throw in the boots and, and grind him out a little bit. I, obviously, Nelson Brands not getting tired, but um, – if he controls the pace of the match and controls the the ties and stuff where he's good, I think he I think he's going to come out with a win here. So I think this match is going to be um, pretty good. But you you're looking at Iowa. Tom Brands is out with COVID, so you got Terry Brands stepping in as head coach. How does how does that affect Nelson when you're 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 I'm assuming most of the time, especially with with somebody as fiery as Terry, it's probably not easy to have your dad coach you in that situation here especially when your dad he's just as emotional out there as anybody else here's uh here's the thing that mac mcdonough um kind of threw out there on twitter what if they do a role switch what if tom goes in as terry and terry just sits the one out and you know the old twin twin switcheroo twin switcheroo i'm, um, down, I'm down with it i mean <laughs> i always want tom brands on the mat so if they can figure it out throw him out there yeah, so uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, we kind of got some upsetting news as far as K. Brock goes. Um, he it sounds like he's going to be out for the season. So wait, wait, who are you picking, Iowa or Ohio State? Oh, I'm picking Iowa. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I, I didn't even mention like the other weights, 133, where you got DeSanto. Oh, and on. I didn't ask to go further into the match. Yeah, come on. I, just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that disappointment right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Iowa on that one. Um, they're going to win. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm not going to say it though. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know on Sunday. <laughs> Damn it. So, uh, yeah, Oklahoma state, John Smith kind of mentioned it. I believe saying the, the future wasn't looking good for him. And then I think the news did come out saying Cade Brock has been out or is going to be out for the season. Again, I had picked him to win against Ian Parker. And, you know, I, I just felt like if he was going to be healthy this year, he would have a, a decent last run, but Man, what it, kind it, of luck does this guy have? That's, yeah, the past few years have just been seasons. crappy for him. 
I mean, he had such an amazing start to his career. I mean, name me a better red shirt pull than Cade Brock. Yeah. His that win over amazing. Brewer was pretty nuts. I mean, he went out there, quick slide by, let him up, inside trip, pinned him. Uh, maybe Mark Hall. national champ. He lost his red shirt pull. I know. I'm just kidding. Shout out no, Iowa. I mean, to be fair, it was pretty epic. <laughs> I know. If you're looking at it from the other side, it's pretty epic. Pretty but, epic, yeah. Um, Cade Brock, like, I can't imagine what he's going through. I know. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure he's seen it kind of coming, you know, as far as him not being healthy the past few years and just not having the seasons that he has probably planned on having. Um, right. So, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like he'll be out for the season. It kind of – that's a – if he was healthy, it's definitely a blow for Oklahoma State. But let's move to the pickums. Um, we yeah, kind of so already mentioned we have mentioned a few of them already. Yeah, we talked through a few of these. Um, I added a couple that we hadn't mentioned just yet, um, or really probably haven't mentioned at all. But um, I have another one I want to add on there at the end. But I'll let you know when we get there. All right. So, so we'll just we'll uh, kind of talk about the pickums that we already picked. So Sam Latona versus Jacob Camacho. I picked Camacho. I, believe I also did picked both. Camacho. And then we got uh, Hunter Bull and Trent Hidley. We both, I believe, we're going to go Hidley. with Hidley here. Yeah. Um, but that I'm not I'm going to feel dumb if we get that one wrong. Because we Hunter Bullen's beaten him twice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just – I like Hidley. So, right, so I, I mean, is the match at NC State or is it at – not that it really matters because – there's not a lot of fans. If yeah, I mean, without fans, I mean, I guess the waking up in your own bed thing might make a difference, but True. Um, it is at, it is at NC state. So. Yeah. So maybe, I'll maybe pick him. Um, next one, I got John Boris, Deontay Wilson last year, this match, I believe decided the, excuse me, the duel. Um, just double check that make sure I'm not wrong, but um. Boris lost to Deontay Wilson last year in the dual meet. Yeah, he did. Uh, so when you look at results, it's more likely um, Boris is going to win the, the match. I mean, he's got far more common opponent wins. Um, he's typically been more dominant. I just, I don't. If that match ended at um, heavyweight last year, it was 18-18 going into heavyweight. And Boris lost to Wilson, so it was 21-18. Which goes back to that NC State overperforms in dual mates. I, I, I have that team aspect, that family aspect. And this is where this is where I struggle. If it comes down to that, I'm, I'm picking Deontay Wilson. But if the duel is decided, I think John Boris gets, gets revenge. But yeah, I mean, when I the, can't pick both. So when the pressure's on, Deontay Wilson definitely performs. I mean, I mean when you got Trent Hiley screaming at you, or you got Hayden Hiley screaming at you, you're probably going to perform better. I agree. <laughs> uh, they both. Have I don't wins. want them yelling at me. They both have wins over Andrew Gunning this year. Uh, Borst has a few tech falls, which is interesting at 285. I don't think they're against anybody, you know, good, but something to note. Uh, yeah. Borst has. He's 4-0 on the year. He's got a 3-1 win over Gunning, and Wilson has a 6-1 uh, victory over Gunning. So I'm going to pick uh, Wilson as well, just, you know, if the, the match is coming down to it, which I, it might come down to it. It sounds like, uh, I mean, this this match is going to be a pretty good duel. You know, you never know with, if Hunter Boland does get the win over. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go boys. I think I'm going to go with the guy who I think is a better wrestler. I, I don't feel like I can pick a match – based on something that might happen. Um, I'm just going to go with who I think is the, is the better the better wrestler in the situation. So give me John Boris. Sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with the NC State, the whole – all three matches. I mean, I love NC State. I'm going to pick NC State to win. But right. Just- I, uh, Boris and Wilson, that's, that's definitely a, a big toss-up at the end. So Yeah. Um, so this next one I thought was going to be fun. Uh, we got Danny Bronigal and Andrew Sparks, the the freshman sensation out of Minnesota. Give me Sparks. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna go Sparks too. They both um, they're both tough, 
And Danny Veronico's had a couple of good wins recently. And Andrew Sparks had a, comp- I don't want to say competitive match with um, Marinelli, but he, I mean, he was in it. He was in A4. Yeah, I mean, he was there. Um, I don't. Yeah, big win over Peyton Rob, seven six. Yeah, that kind of that, that threw his name out there. You know, obviously, I think that might have been his first match of the year, and uh, it just that that was big. Everybody's like, "Who's this guy from Minnesota?" Yeah, and Danny Brownell's got a good win over Ethan Smith this year too. So um, they're both tough. I think I'm. I think I'm going to stick with the freshman. I, like I said, I'm going with Sparks. Um, I like this guy. And uh, he's my pick. For some reason, I keep typing with uh, caps lock. I don't know why. All right. Um, next match down to the little guys at 125 from Michigan State, Rayvon Foley and Nebraska's Liam Cronin. So Foley's lost to Malik and McKee this year, right? Yep. And uh, Cronin's Cronin got a win. Yeah. McKee. Cronin's beaten McKee and lost to Malik as well yeah i'm i'm going with cronin um just because he did beat mckee and and mckee did beat foley but you know foley's had two losses on the year um i haven't been able to watch him actually any of those matches but yeah i just i have a hard time with Rayvon Foley losing three matches in a row well, i don't i don't maybe, see it happening happen. i think he's gonna get back on track here i think he's gonna get the win over cronin I, I mean, overrunner on a fifteen point gets taken away from Nebraska in this match. I mean, whatever it is, I'm pounding the over. Okay. One and a half. I'm going over. Half. They just don't stop. They don't stop. But I can't blame them because yeah, the wrestling's wrestling is emotional. We can get into that later. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> so like I said, I'm picking Cronin, and I think that he's going to earn two team points for for Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> so you're saying Cronin's going to lose a team point? Well, I mean, the the, the match itself is going to lose a team point. Yeah. So whether uh, it's okay. a bench be Brian or Snyder or Mark Manning, could probably lose it for Cronin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cam Cathy, Michigan State. Eric Schultz, Nebraska. Um, I keep putting Cam Cathy on here, and I'm going to unfortunately be really stupid and pick against him once again. But I think Eric Schultz. Um, has looked really good, and I I think he's going to get the win there. I had picked Schultz to win this match as well. Oh, really? That's surprising. Well, I, mean, I picked Cam Caffey last week, but he had like a 2-1. to one. He had a close decision against uh, Hoffman, I believe it was, right? Yeah, but Hoffman's good. Yeah, but this is – not like he had a close match against a scrub or nothing. No, this is Eric Schultz, though. Yeah, you're right. I like Eric Schultz. Yeah. All right, uh, Sammy Sasso, Max Mirren. I'm gonna add a little bit to this. I'm gonna go minus one and a half for Sammy. Um, See if that changes your opinion at all. No, I'm picking Sammy. Dang. Yeah, I again, it is what it is. I just feel Sammy's on a, a just a little different level than Max is. So, I mean, Max is gonna get to his legs, Sammy's hard to score on, and yeah. Sammy's got that threat of a cradle locking up and ending the match. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, Sasso can – Sasso's dangerous from anywhere, and I think he's going to win three uh, – I don't even want to say that. I think it's possible he scored, he, he win the one-point match because he, he does it all the time. But I'm going to stick with Sasso, even with the one-and-a-half spread here. So talking back at uh, Schultz, uh, the last match we were talking about, he had the win over Warner uh, this year, which is kind of a, a match that I thought – kind of gives me the reason to pick Schultz over Caffey as well. Yeah. Uh, well, Schultz – doesn't Schultz usually have Warner's number there? Yeah. Um, I can't remember how many times Warner's lost to him, but, yeah, he definitely has his number, I think. I mean, he's definitely beaten him at least three times that I can think of. Yeah, he lost but, to him last year in the duel. Right. Yeah, right. so. All right. Next match, 184. Rocky Jordan, Nelson Brands. I picked this one because I was almost positive we were going to go opposite here. Yeah, Nelson Brands. That's my guy. I'm going Rocky. Don't let me down again. You're three and two. I'm putting my whole week on Rocky Jordan right now. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And a last, well, second to last, I'm adding one. 
Second to last is Zach Sherman versus Brian Courtney. That 141 ACC weight class is so much fun, and, I, and I'm and i going to probably pick at least one of those matches every week because um, I think they've all gotten a lot better, and it's going to be very competitive throughout the season. So they both lost close matches to Tariq Wilson this year. Yeah. Um, well, Sherman was up by one late. And uh, Tariq ended up getting a four-point move to put it out. And last year, um, Sherman beat Brian Courtney 11-3 to in their duel. I think it was late February. So he's had a recent win over him as far as, you know, a year ago. I, Courtney has made jumps. Um, we did see him win last week over Cole Matthews, a guy that he lost to um, Three last times. year. Yeah, so I feel like he's made jumps, but – I'm not ready to pick him yet. I think they both well, have ones over Hilgis too, right? Yeah, actually, um, they both have. Yeah, they both have ones over Hilgis, and Brian controlled that entire match the whole time too. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly close. Yeah, so Courtney won, or Courtney lost eight to three, or sorry, Courtney beat him eight to three, and uh, Sherman beat him twelve to six. So they both pretty uh, much dominated. They're, yeah, they're both pretty much there. I just, you know, get Sherman majored him last year. I'm still going to go with Sherman, though. I feel like it's going to be a closer match than it was last year. And I know you're Courtney's a, you know, a guy from yeah. your neck of the woods as far as that goes. So yeah, I'm not picking against Brian Courtney. Exactly. So I figured I'll just go with Sherman and, and cut that right there. All right. So I asked you earlier, if it's going to change your opinion with Mackay and Thomas Bullard if I go minus two and a half. So I'm gonna give you that two and a half and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Lewis with a two and a half or minus two and a half. Uh, I'm not a betting man. Makai Lewis beat up on Keating and Keating had already beat Bullard this year. I guess I was just high on Bullard because he had a close match against Kennedy Monday. I'm not picking against Bullard. So you're picking so you mean you're not picking against Lewis? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not picking um, against Lewis. So you're gonna take Lewis even with the yeah, no doubt, half? no doubt. It, it, the match, you know, the match might be at NC State, but Mikhail Lewis is not losing that match. Well, it's not. I mean, he doesn't have to lose. He just has to win by two points or less. He's gonna win by four points. Dang it! That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna win. Worth a shot. Yeah, he's definitely gonna win by four points. I mean, he's put up a lot of bonus points wins this year already. And, right. Uh, He's not going to get ridden out or even close to being turned by Bullard. No, I agree for sure. All right, that's that's all the matches I got for the pickums for this year. All right, so we'll move on to some of the big events that are coming up. We kind of talked about this in the last few episodes, how you know trials coming up and things kind of winding down as far as cards go. We don't know when the next ones we'll see, but we've got some big news uh, next week. And by next week, I mean. February 10th and 11th, there's the America's Cup. Uh, if you listen to Nick Wazdowski's episode, he kind of talked about an event coming up that would be uh, mentioned, and that's the event he's talking about. I believe it's in North Carolina or South Carolina. Um, before it was even, you know, talked about on Flow, this guy from North Carolina that listened to my episode was telling me what's going on down there. It's, it's going to be like a training camp type thing, and then they're going to have America Cup duels or um, something as far as that goes. Yeah, I think the the national team coaches are just kind of putting everybody onto a team and saying, here, let's go scrap. We got some money for you based on how well you do. Uh, so then later in the month, February 23rd, Dake versus Nolf. We are getting to see Kyle Dake versus Jason Nolf. This is going to be nuts. Match that we've been kind of looking forward to. Yeah, you know, as a, as a New York guy, Obviously, I'm really excited to watch Kyle wrestle. Um, I will watch him wrestle nearly anybody in the in the world. I don't care how good they are, because I'm probably going to see something fun, because Dake bombs all day. But Jason Nolf is really good and very creative, so um, I, I'd like to see if he can present Kyle with some issues that we haven't seen Kyle have to deal with uh, previously. That being said, Kyle's also wrestled Frank Chimizo, who might be the most creative guy in the world. So. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'd definitely pick Dake in this match, but I think Nolf, if we're looking at the the ladder, um, you got Burroughs, Dake, and Imar up top in the, probably the top three, and then 
right right around there is is Jason Ulf, right? Yeah, I think um, actually, if you if you look at how the World Team Trials is going to play out, it's going to go. Obviously, Burroughs is sitting out with the world medal, and then you got Imar that is, is going to be technically considered the number one seed, and the number two seed is technically going to be considered Jason Ulf. Um, where Dake is going to be he's going to get put into the bracket right into the semifinals right. with whoever comes out of the bottom half of the bracket. So between the two and, excuse me, between the two and three seed or, you know, the seven, the six, whoever comes out of that part of the bracket will then wrestle Kyle in a semi and winner of that will probably wrestle most likely IMR. Yeah. So this could be a, um, a match we'll see in a few months, a few what? weeks. We're like eight, eight and a half weeks out. Yeah, so that's a few months. Come on now. I can't wait. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's coming up on us close. Look, weeks sounds like it's closer, okay? I'm going weeks. We'll go with weeks. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's less intense. So we can go with weeks. Um, so also in February, late February, the 27th, they just announced before we came on the show, Gabe Dean versus Jaden Cox. Where do they announce this? I still I have not seen this. Uh, and I don't know how because I have a ridiculous amount of – Alerts coming to my phone for any and every kind of wrestling related news there is. Flo had put it on, and now I don't see it on Flo's page. Maybe they announced it early. Maybe their production team put it on the 27th and is actually supposed to be on the, the uh, Dig versus Nolfgaard. Well, the Dig Nolfgaard is NLWC. So you're, you're right. Yeah. Flo That's won't right. have that. Oh, no, here it is. I found it. It is oh, yeah. February 27th. It's right here on uh, it's on Flo's Twitter. I've got it too. About an hour ago. Uh, they call it Flow Wrestling 5, so they're actually starting to number their cards. That's good, though. Um, they make, make it a little easier to look back on stuff. Um, see if there's any other information on cards. I don't think there's anything else on that card right now. But I don't believe um, so. No, that's fun. Gabe Dean, Jaden Cox. Oh, man, I can't wait for that one. They've been talking about it for about a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um They've been kind of—I don't want to call it chirping because they're being way too nice about it. Yeah, they're very respectful. Yeah, right. I don't like it. I like it, but I don't like it. Yeah. Talk shit. I want to hear y'all hate each other. All right. I know that's I'm in the minority, possibly in the wrestling community, but we need we need more villains and stuff. It's, that's what's really going to draw people. We need more like, Gable, Gable Stevenson versus uh, Fast Switch Ferrari. Yeah, but they're both villains. villains. Yeah. Right. Which I guess it'll work out just fine because they're both villains and they both hate each other. So like at the end of the day, it'd probably be some serious trash talk. Yeah. But wrestling needs more of it. But yeah. I guess the cool, respectful callouts are cool too. So th- those uh, events are end of February. So that's again, you know, a couple days before March. April is when the trials are. Uh, so yeah, you gotta wonder how much longer we're gonna have all these cards. I mean, we keep saying it, but, and I wasn't expecting to see anything late February, but here we are. Yeah, so, no, you're right. I, 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 I can't imagine any of them being in March. I just can't imagine that that close to trials. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think these guys are going to be quarantining themselves yeah. all of March, just so they don't have to worry about getting contact traced through Olympic trials. I was going to say that because I believe Mizzou was going to wrestle Oklahoma state and Mizzou decided not to because it was so late and so close to the MAC conference. And if they, you know, one of them had to test positive or one of them had to quarantine or whatever, that it was going to affect, you know, because they had to quarantine for, you know, the MAC. We obviously just seen Buffalo out for nearly a month. So a lot of people aren't taking risks that close to competition. Big yeah, competition. No I think I could be wrong, but I think I'll use last competition will be Drexel before the IWAs. Yeah, for the so, same reason. So uh, that's about covers it for the upcoming events. Next, we'll get into some listener questions. Again, if you ever have questions that uh, you want to ask, shoot Zachariah a message on Twitter or a text or whatever you guys talk to us on. One of these questions is from my buddy Ian. Or why do high school refs call stalling on the top guy more than the bottom guy? Which it's very true. You see it a lot in, uh, you know, whether you're riding a hip or you're, you're parallel or whatever, you never see a guy on bottom really get called. Not as much, I guess, get called for stalling. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a New York thing, if I'm being honest. 
Um, I see, and don't act, well, okay, I don't want to say that because it's definitely more common that the top guy gets hit for stalling in high school overall. But I think New York does it way worse than most other parts of the country. I mean, we do not emphasize top wrestling in New York enough. Is it boring sometimes? Yes. But we, if you look at our guys going into college, most of the time we struggle on top because our refs call stalling on the top guy so often that typically coaches just say, let them up, mm-hmm. let them up, take them down again. We're typically really good on our feet once we go out of the state. Right. I mean, that's where we thrive better. We go out of state. We're not, we're not riding guys as much as we would if we're, if we were home just because the way the refs call stalling on top on us. Yeah. They, I remember matching the top of my head. It wasn't even one of my guys, but uh, down at the Kenneth Haynes tournament in Oswego, a guy was getting ridden out or a guy was riding tough on top and the guy really wasn't doing much on bottom. I mean, he might've been moving his hips to the left side to the right side, but Top guy was trying to work, um, came out to the side even, and he, he was kind of frustrated. And the, the guy, uh, the, the ref called stalling on the top guy. I was just like, what is this guy doing? And you just see it a lot. And I'm, I'm glad that this guy uh, that messaged me just, you know, kind of saw the same thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with the way college wrestling is called stalling on top and bottom. Because for the most part, they have, you know, they have a certain rules on top. You can't grab the ankle. You can't go side headlock because then they start doing their five count. And the five count, I think refs use is like a cop out to not calling this top guy for stalling ever. Right. If you're not doing those specific things, they're not going to hit you for stalling, which I don't always, I don't agree with because there's definitely times a guy's just got a tight waist and a one-on-one and they're just grinding you into the mat and they're not working to turn. They're just letting that clock keep rolling up. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, guys like Spencer Lee wrestles, and the ref knows Spencer Lee's pretty damn good on top. And if he's not trying to, or if he's turn, trying to turn a guy, and the guy's, you know, on his belly, not doing much, you see it. They, they call stalling on the bottom guy a lot in college, as far as those matches go. And uh, yeah, I I rarely see a top. I I don't think I've seen a top guy get called for stalling nearly ever in college yeah it's it's a lot rare Again, outside of those specific rules right with the ankle and the side headlock and stuff like that yeah so that was a, a good question by ian the next one he also added asked was overtime or criteria i'm gonna need you to tell me your answer first um i'm actually now a criteria guy oh my god so am i well yeah so like a few, years, argue. <laughs> a, a few years ago i was like I can't remember even what tournament it was at. This was probably four or five years ago. And uh, I was watching wrestling on flow or whatever. And I was like, man, overtime just makes more sense. And then I, then I completely changed my mind and I was a freestyle guy. You know, somebody's always losing in freestyle. Yeah. I, I don't understand the overtime people. I mean, I do because, you know, one, four points isn't more than another person's four points, whatever. Yeah. You just got to get rid of that out of your head because the, the, the product put on the mat is so much better with criteria than overtime. And I hate to call out my, my favorite athlete, my favorite wrestler of all time, who may or may not be coming on this podcast, but his NCAA final match, Troy Nickerson's NCAA final match was probably the most boring match in the history of the NCAA. Yep. Because of overtime. overtime. If somebody, if there was criteria, somebody throughout that match would have had to take a bigger risk. Sure. That match ended two to one. Two, two to where? Yeah, two to one. And they're all they're all rideouts. The only point right. in overtime was the locked hands. Yeah, right. And it was just it was unreal. It was it, at the time to me as a diehard Troy Nickerson fan, it was nerve wracking and exciting because I had an attachment, right? But for any casual fan watching that match, they're they're changing the channel. Like they're they're not they're not finishing that match. It's nine and a half minutes of guys just holding on to each other, not doing anything. Yeah, I know. So, I I, I mean, think I people just see that because you know in college there's there's overtime in high school wrestling, pee wee wrestling. There's overtime, and that's it's again the folk style freestyle thing where you're used to seeing it for all those years growing up. 
there's even like guys at Russell International that maybe are understanding, especially in the moment of wrestling, uh, they, they don't understand if, if they've got criteria or not, which, yeah, again, that becomes a, a different, of course, the, the score is underlined, but it's kind of a, I've seen matches lost because people thought they were winning on criteria and they didn't go after it in the last few seconds. Well, whose fault is that? No, I agree. And the, the one of them, I can't remember. Uh, I think the rep, their coach was telling them, you know, you got to go, you got to go. Or and maybe the one was the coach said, thought the same thing that you were on criteria, but, uh, no, I yeah, understand. At the end of the day, I don't even blame. I don't even blame the athletes for not knowing the criteria. Their job is to go out there and wrestle. Me yeah. as a coach, I've always told my athletes when we go when we go to our freestyle tournaments starting in March, right? I always tell them, don't worry about criteria. That's my job. I'm gonna worry about what's going on. I'll tell you what you need to know. If it's tied four four, I'll tell you you need to score. I'll tell you they need to score. Whatever I whatever's happening, that's my job to tell you. So like the argument and they've even fixed, they've even fixed that problem on the, on most scoreboards, expect at least at the senior level and the, you know, U23 junior cadet level, they, they fixed it by underlining the scores. So I just, I don't get the, I don't get the problem anymore. And maybe at local tournaments, I can see it, but that's your coach's job to make sure that you're, you're aware of the situation. Yeah. So that, uh, ends the, the debate i mean we both are criteria guys i think you bring on an ot guy and talk about it because tom ryan yeah, i mean I, i'll bring tom ryan on for other reasons but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, no uh, he, he kind of made the the big thing about overtime and criteria as well on twitter and that's yeah, the reason. one thing about tom ryan that i love though is like most of the time when he's bringing something up it's it's to defend one of his guys true right so like he he's bringing up concerns like ot and criteria because one of his guys are losing on situations like that and it's like it's frustrating him so he's just being loyal to hit to his family his guys so the last question we'll have and again it's from my buddy ian uh this is and it's actually coach ian clark um a myers coach he says why do people in the wrestling world constantly refer to our awards in terms of other sports aka the hodge isn't wrestling's heisman it's a goddamn Hodge. Well, see, I have a – I refer to the Hodge as Wrestling Heisman because when I'm talking to people who are not aware of wrestling or not aware of something, so, like, if I'm saying, hey, yo, come watch this guy wrestle. His name's Kyle Dake. He's from, he's from the 607. He's from right around the corner. You know, he's got, he's got, a, Hodge, he's got a Hodge trophy, and they're like, well, what, what do you mean? What's that? Like, why, why does that matter to me? And I'll say it's, it's college wrestling's Heisman trophy. Because that tells them, oh man, he's like the best guy in the country. He was the best. He was the best wrestler in the country for that year. So yes, it's a Dan Hodge. But how many people know who Dan Hodge is? Right. All right. Everybody knows what a Heisman is. You're right on that. And I mean that that kind of stems into questions that I'll ask next week. As far as you know, we we kind of dumb things down for the non-wrestling community, which again, it's lost value if, if they're not looking it up themselves. But in your case, if you're talking to a guy and trying to introduce them to the sport on, on their own, it's different, but yeah, yeah. I think wrestling has wrestling ha- or the wrestling community has this poor perception that if you don't know it, then you don't need to be here. Or we have another perception that drives me nuts that I used to think this way, at least when I was in high school, I was like, if it's too tough for you to wear, if wearing a single, it's too tough or too embarrassing, then you're not tough enough to be here. Or if wrestling's too, if wrestling's too tough for you, you don't need to be here. No, that's a terrible mindset. We need to grow. Let's help people learn how to be tough. Let's help people be comfortable being in our sport. We're never going to grow. We're always going to be on that Olympic cutting block. We're always going to have six Olympic weights until we learn to promote our sport and get better, not keep that old mindset of, you don't need to know this because you're not a part of our sport, which this, this question kind of is that way, right? It's why are we referring to the Heisman? We're going to jump into this question uh, instead of holding it for next week then. So he kind of asked this as well. What can we do to get TV announcers to stop constantly reciting the most simple rules of wrestling? Like he said, you don't hear guys on CBS explaining why it's a first down or you don't hear them on TNT describing why that shot was worth three points because, you know, his feet were behind a certain line. In making the assumption that the audience doesn't give a crap enough to learn the rules, 
you know, again, it's, I've listened to it a lot of times and Shane Spark knows what he's talking about, but he dumps things down too much and too many times. He explains riding time every single time or, or certain other um, aspects of the sport where they're kind of common sense to a, a wrestling fan. But he, uh, he said, you don't give it away for free because there's no value in that. And that comes from a quote from J-Rob. Again, if, if a wrestling fan's on Big Ten and they see something, if if they're, you know, if they need to know something about the sport, like, you know, what is this guy doing and what is that guy doing? The basic stuff, yeah, you can look up on Google or whatever. But, yeah, some of the, the questionable calls that even some of the coaches and wrestlers aren't understanding in the duel or in the, the tournament match, whatever, yeah, you can explain those. But I think he just – over explains too many things. Even like the NCAA wrestling tournament, you see the the keyboard, you know, one escape is worth one point. A takedown or a reversal are worth two points. Well, I just, okay, so look at it, look at it from a mind of I don't know what I'm looking at. Okay, right, so like, I, I, I I didn't play basketball in high school. I didn't play basketball growing up. You, you still know. I mean, I, I I get it, they're on a different level, they're a different platform than wrestling is, but if there's something, if I don't know what a double double is, I'm gonna look it up on Google, right, or whatever the double, triple double, whatever the frig the, the things are called, right. I'm gonna look it up on Google. If I don't know what a pick six is, I'm gonna look it up on Google. Th- th- those are the kind of things that I think he's kind of getting at in this question, where people are just, you don't necessarily need to tell them everything. Yeah. Well, so let me let me kind of put it in this way: when you watch matches on Flow, okay, you paid $150 a year to watch that match. You probably have wrestled. You probably know something about wrestling. Correct. If you're watching, or even Big Ten Network Plus, right? If you're watching on BTN Plus, then you pay for BTN Plus to watch wrestling. But if you're watching it on primetime Big Ten Network, or you're watching it on ESPN, ESPN2, you're, our goal is to then grow. If we, if we want it to be, become a mainstream sport, we need to grow, and we need to entice casual fans to watch. Or not even just casual fans. We need new people to watch. People have never watched wrestling before in their lives. We need people to watch it. One of the hardest things about our sport is it's complicated. There's so many things going on. Some people don't know what somebody's doing with a collar tie and an inside elbow or an outside elbow, right? It, it We can't expect people who've never watched wrestling before to understand what an escape is or what takedown criteria is. So when you're watching on prime time on ESPN or Big Ten, you want that kind of stuff because you want people to stick around. If somebody's watching it and they're like, I don't know what's happening right now and, the, and nobody's explaining it, then how do we expect them to watch the next match or even finish that six, seven-minute match that they're watching? Right? I mean, I, if- I, can see it, I can see it to that side as well. I, I can see it both sides to a certain extent. Um, like, again, at ESPN, like if you got guys like Anthony Robles or um, a few of the other guys that co- come on for the color commentary, they kind of yeah, – sure. They, they present it to a different level than the regular ESPN guys that are kind of saying the same thing over and over again every year where, again, it, it could dump things down. But, yeah, you do have some of those guys that explain it and explain it well, and, you know, the non-wrestling fans that might be watching kind of learn a lot from that. But, again, some of that stuff is value that, you know, wrestling's going to get um, Googling it and, like, taking a deeper dive into the wrestling world if you – google it and look for yourself yeah but how do we expect them to want to do that if they don't understand what they're watching in the first place if that's the first time they've ever put on a wrestling match we can't expect them to say "Ooh, this is cool let me go look this up like we want them to we want to give them a reason to stay and then look things up but if we're not going to help them understand what they're watching or help them understand what's going on or why the rest holding up two or holding up four or holding up one or what, make it a potentially dangerous sign. Like we all know what that is because we've been doing this for years, but we want the person who's never watched wrestling before to look at this and say, Hey, this is really cool. I kind of understand what's happening. Let me now go look up exactly what takedown criteria is, or let me go look down, look up what near fall means. But I think us as fans need to do a better job of, of understanding that we know what's going on, but not everybody will. A good example, right? Really good example. The NFL this year for the first time did a playoff game on Nickelodeon and they dumbed it down super far. 
they, they I mean they had SpongeBob doing things just just to get the kids to understand what's going on and they explained exactly what a touchdown was they explained exactly what a field goal was what a first down meant they made sure that the kids were getting enticed into the game and understanding so they can build that next generation of football fans we need to kind of take that kind of approach with everything because we are not football we are not basketball right we, if we want to build to be even half of what they are, we need to dumb it down so we can get people who've never watched wrestling before to really appreciate what, what product we have put out in the mat. I, I agree to that. And uh, I just feel, I guess, <clears throat> those basic things that Ian kind of mentioned ne- don't necessarily need to be in the, uh, the color commentary and all that stuff every match. Um, but yeah, a lot of those other rules and other stuff that's going on. Yeah, for sure. You got to explain it in a match and whatnot, but there's also some lost value in it when they're explaining it and they, they don't give the people at home something to look up and kind of take a dive in for themselves. But no, that was a good, a good uh, ending to our uh, questions for, from friends slash um, whatever listener we want to call it. We're going to stick yeah. with listener questions. We're going to stick. Yeah. We're not going to go with questions for friends. Listener questions, but yeah, that kind of ends it for uh, this show. Anything else you want to add? No. Um, if you disagree or agree, please let us know. I'd like to hear what everybody else thinks about that. Um, uh, let me know how you feel that we can help grow the sport more. Cause I mean, that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to grow the sport in New York and give people some exposure from New York um, as well as kind of talk about everything else too. So um, join the conversation, hit me up on Twitter, wrestling 607. Um, hit up the, the show, uh, Dylan at More Wrestling. Um, get involved. Let us know what you're thinking. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, if there's uh, any D3 guys or even high school guys that are upset about losing their season, especially their, their championship season, so I know, know Frank Papalizio is sharing a lot of stuff about guys that are uh, excited to wrestle at the Journeyman New York State Championship um, in April, and they're sharing stuff on their Facebook and social media. We can do the same thing. We'll, we'll bring you on and uh, kind of talk about um, your reactions and such. So I might get a th- guy for you. Yeah, I've got a guy that might be on Saturday, Carter Bear. So I'll look at that. Yeah. I got a uh, Tyler Ferrer looking to come on too. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll get these two guys on and uh, we'll chalk it up with them. Maybe we can get them on at the same time. That'd be fun. I bet. I bet they. I mean, they're teammates in uh, at clubs and stuff. So yeah, they're off-season guys. So they kind of um, bounce off each other too. Yeah, we'll, we'll shoot them up and uh, and see what they're uh, if they're interested. But again, thanks for listening to episode eleven, and uh, we'll be back early next week to give a week six recap. Peace out. Peace out.